Hello, my name is Jody Lee Mott. Welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the children's books we love. On this twice-monthly podcast, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts about their own favorite children's books. Just a reminder before we get started, the new Dream Garden podcast will now be posted the first and third Monday of each month. Uh, so anytime you're wondering when the next one is coming, uh, just check your calendar. Uh, for today, I'm going to be interviewing picture book author Lori Orlinsky about another picture book and that inspired her own work. Uh, the name of that book is Giraffes Can't Dance. It was written by Giles Andrea and illustrated by Guy Parker Reese. But first, as always, I'm going to start with a poem. And the poem today is called The Stream. It was written by Anna Grossnickel Hines. I found it in her poetry book, Peaceful Pieces, Poems and Quilts About Peace. Uh, Ms. Hines has written a lot of books for children, including such titles as Daddy Makes the Best Spaghetti and I Am a Tyrannosaurus. And in this book, uh, Poems and Quilts About Peace, uh, she explores the many facets of what peace can be. And each poem is illustrated by a picture of a handmade quilt. The Stream by Anna Grossnickel Hines We pause, my friend and I, on a small bridge. Above and beyond us, water tumbles over stones, splashes freely into pools, while beneath us it stands still as a photograph, twigs and leaves suspended on the glassy surface. How can this be? Curiosity draws me streamside. Be careful, my friend says, but I have to know if that one stick caught broadside between the rocks can freeze the surface, screen the current underneath. I stretch beyond my reach, but, yes, freed leaves and twigs rush downstream. As we walk on, I don't even mind that one foot sloshes. My guest today is Lori Orlinski, author of the picture book, Being Small Isn't So Bad After All, which was published by Mascot Books, and it was also named a gold medal recipient of the Mom's Choice Award in the children's book category. Uh, you can find Mascot Books' website at mascotbooks.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Lori. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. As I mentioned, you've uh, just written this uh, picture book, Being Small, It Isn't So Bad After All. Can you talk a little bit uh, uh what it's about? Absolutely. There's uh, definitely a story behind that. Um, when my daughter Haley was three years old, she's now six years old, but when she was three years old and in preschool, she came home crying her eyes out one day and she's a very outgoing kid. And I said to her, you know, what's wrong? And it took a lot of prying. And she finally explained to me that they were redecorating the classroom at school. And one of the activities that they did to decorate the wall was they put up a growth chart on the wall that teachers did. And it was a very innocent activity. And they, you know, measured the children. And next to each um, height marker was a little masking tape piece with the kid's name to indicate how tall they were. And Haley was just beyond sad because that was the day that she realized she was short. All of her friends' names were at the very top of this growth chart. And she was all the way at the bottom. And she told me, you know, mommy, I don't want to go to school anymore. I'm the shortest one in class. And my friends are calling me peanut and munchkin and squirt. And she was just devastated. And so you, you created this book to sort of um, help her out? Yeah. So I, you know, of course, like any wonderful mom would do, I went to the bookstore and I went on Amazon and I figured, let me get you a book 
um, that has a short heroin in it so she could relate to somebody in the book. And not only could I not find a book with a short child that my daughter could relate to, but it was almost like I found the opposite. I found books about kids that were tall and had special superpowers precisely because they were tall. And that was kind of my aha moment. I have a journalism degree and a writing background. And I said, let me just try and write a book and let me take a negative and turn it into a positive. And so I did. And originally I thought that it was going to be like a little nighttime story that I told my daughter and my husband and my family really pushed for me to try and find a publisher. And that's when Being Small was born. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, my own son um, was, um, you know, uh, quite small when he was younger. He's in high school now, and he's had a little bit of a growth spurt, although he's still, you know, a little bit on the smaller side. And he was very sensitive, um, you know, about his own height throughout school. And, and in some ways, that still lingers. So uh, having a book uh, like that, I think, would be benefit um, for a lot of different kids, for a lot of kids. Definitely. And I think it's not just um, when you read the book, you know, on the surface level, it, you think it's about, you know, the short, short kids and how they understand that they have unique qualities. But really, it has a deeper meaning because it also gives, you know, taller peers perspective on the power of their words. And it shows kids that we're all unique and special in our own way. And you could even take the short and substitute it for having curly hair or for having a large nose or for having, you know, tiny hands. It's really anything that makes you different. And it's all about acceptance. And I'm really excited to say that it's kind of come full circle with me because now I watch Haley on the playground squeeze into these little tiny obstacle spots. And she's proud because she's doing it because she's the smallest. And so she has found such a sense of confidence and pride and She's really like, you know, small but mighty. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Um, <laughs> now, I mentioned that uh, it was the gold medal recipient of the Mom's Choice Award. Can you t talk a little bit what that award is and what it meant to you to um, be the winner of that? Absolutely. The Mom's Choice Awards um, is a platform that evaluates products and services created for children, families, and educators. And so it really is a mark of distinction and a trusted resource. As a parent myself, a lot of times, if I'm looking to get a game or a book for my children, I will look through the Mom's Choice Award because it's been evaluated and vetted with um, by, by experts and different associations. And so it really, as a parent, it means a lot to me. It means I have, you know, m the mom seal of approval. And I really created a book that benefited my own kids, and I'm seeing it benefit you know, other children. And it, it just really means the world to me to be a recipient of the, this award. And I understand you have another book coming out in the fall as well. I do. Um, it's completely different uh, than being small, but I've always had a fascination with the tooth fairy, I think, because I um, was one of the last kids to lose my tooth. I think I lost it in like third grade. So I really believed hard in the tooth fairy. So it's kind of a little bit based on my own personal story. Um, when I was a little girl, I swallowed my first tooth. Um, and I was so upset because I finally lost the tooth, but then I didn't have one to give to the tooth fairy. And so um, this is a book about a little girl who um, swallows her tooth and she ends up giving the tooth fairy a kernel of popcorn and all these funny things happen. And the book is called The Tooth Fairy's Tummy Ache. And I'm very excited to be working with Mascot Books again, as well as my same 
um, very talented illustrator, Vanessa Alexandre. Hmm. And do you have a particular date for when it's coming out? Not yet. I'm hoping it comes out before the holidays. So stay tuned. I will definitely let you know. Hmm. Um, now, I understand as well as writing books that you do um, school visits and also visits to youth centers where you uh, do a, a program involving school uh, involving bullying. Absolutely. One thing that's great about the book being small, as I mentioned, is it really gives, not only gives kids self-confidence and kind of teaches them that our differences are what makes us unique, but it also gives kids perspective on the power of their words. And innocent, sweet, endearing terms like shorty and peanut, you know, while you think it might be a nice term to call your pal, you know, it kind of goes deeper and it talks about you know, in the book, you see that what your words can really hurt someone else. And so, you know, 160,000 kids stay home every single day because they're afraid of being bullied and bullying behavior starts as early as age three. And so what I really like to do is use the book as, you know, to start a larger discussion about what makes everybody different and unique and how we can celebrate those differences. Mm. What sort of feedback have you gotten from like the kids who've uh, participated in these programs? I think the biggest thing is that the kids really don't understand that then when they're using these these terms that they do think are endearing, like squirt and munchkin, or when they're you know resting their um, their arm on a shorter kid's like head or shoulder because they're just so tiny, they don't understand that it's hurtful to another kid, and they think that they're being fun or silly and I think this opens up a discussion that, you know, we kind of all have boundaries and we have to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. And it's really, it's benefited both short and tall kids. Now, the book you chose as one of your uh, favorite kids' books is uh, Giraffes Can't Dance, which is a a picture book uh, written by Giles Andrea, I might be saying that wrong, and illustrated by Guy Parker-Reese, and it was first published in 1999 uh, by Scholastic. Uh, For readers who haven't had a chance to um, check out this picture book yet, can you talk a little bit uh, what it's about? Absolutely, and Giraffes Can't Dance is really the inspiration also behind my book, it kind of gave me the, you know, reading this, it made me say, I can do this and I can apply it to my own situation. But, you know, on the surface, it's about a giraffe named Gerald. And like all giraffes, he has a long neck, thin legs, and he has crooked knees, but it makes dancing really hard for him. And so um, you see in the book that there's going to be this big dance where he lives and all of the animals are laughing at him. They all have these exquisite dance moves. And, you know, even before he gets uh, on the dance floor, they're laughing at him and they're kind of gasping, saying, oh, no, Gerald is coming. And so it's a book about a giraffe who needs to find his self-esteem and needs to find his place in the world. So this book does have a message, you know, to relate to kids uh, who would be read to, to, you know, help to inspire their own confidence. But it's also a book that's, you know, fun to read, uh, that's enjoyable, you know, for kids to look at and to hear this story. And what do you think it is about a book that that's trying to teach a lesson, but at the same time wants to have that uh, component of um, entertaining the kids? And what, what do, could other writers learn from this book about how to combine those two things? Absolutely. I think rhyming is huge. I mean, the rhymes are so great in this book. They're catchy. The illustrations are beautifully detailed and engaging. And I think this makes it ideal to start, you know, reading as a toddler to early elementary age. 
I'm a big fan of rhyming books. You know, I have a six-year-old who just learned to read, and I found that rhyming books make stories more enjoyable for them because they promote reading readiness. Um, there's so much, you know, the rhyming is engaging. It, it, a lot of times there's a lot of alliteration. It really gets kids learning through repetition. And uh, this book also, like a, like a lot of books, uh, picture books and other books as well, uh, uses animals um, to basically represent people, but, you know, different kinds of animals in it. And I'm wondering what it is about uh, what's so appealing about using animal figures instead of just having them as, as kids going through the same thing, about having them, all these different animals uh, going through these uh, different emotional things and uh, activities. I think it's, you know, neat because the animals each have their own personalities, like the personalities that you would, as a child, imagine them to have. The the apes are kind of silly and laughing. The lions are mean and ferocious. And, you know, I think animals are a good way to catch kids when you're trying to teach them a lesson, too. And just on the surface as well, the animals are fun. This is a fun kind of, you could even take this book and kind of pause in the middle of it and say, what kind of animals do you see? Where? Do, how many teeth does the hippo have? I mean, there's so many beautiful illustrations here that, you know, there's. it's well beyond just a story. There's a lot of cool things you can learn about the different habitats as well. I know, you know, we can't get through a couple pages in my house without my children noticing something funny about one of the way the animals is posing or sitting or something like that. And as a follow-up, uh, the main character is a giraffe. And uh, why do you think it's for this particular story, a giraffe was probably the best sort of animal uh, that uh, could have been picked uh, to go through this situation. Well, I think for a child visually, it's it's the easiest to see a stereotype with a giraffe. You're very, you know, any child knows a giraffe is tall and skinny and has long legs. And, you know, I think that's the easiest way to kind of show them, to illustrate the differences to them pretty blatantly. Um And, you know, there's a lot to do with the book about stereotypes, too, not just self-confidence, but even before seeing Gerald dance, it's so interesting to me that so many of the animals make these negative assumptions about him. And this is something, too, I talk to my kids about because we can apply it to daily life and encourage kids to get to know someone before they make up their mind about them. There's a a character in the book, he's just called Cricket. And this Cricket is just so sweet. He's the one that tells Gerald, you know, you have to, you have to kind of find your inner you. And he, it also goes to show that just one animal or one person can make such a big difference in someone's life. Now, as you mentioned, the the illustrations are a really big part of this, along with the text. And this is a, a great big picture book and it has very bright, you know, brightly colored pictures. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about what these illustrations uh, bring to the book and how they help support uh, the text as well. Yeah. And as I said, I mean, I think what's great about the illustrations, they definitely catch the kids. Um, You see all of the animals and the habitats that you imagine them to be. They talk about you know, the warthogs uh, waltzing and the rhinos rocking and rolling. And these are just the habitats and the personalities that you expect them to have. And each page is kind of full of a different surprise. Like, I like how the monkeys are kind of silly, like you think they would be. And, you know, the elephants are jolly. And it's just everything is bright and vibrant. And you get to see each kind of group of animals, but then it really illustrates the point that this giraffe is all alone. 
standing tall and watching them and feeling lonely. Did you have a particular favorite uh, illustration out of the book? Um, you know, I love this illustration towards the end. Um, Ger Gerald is kind of looking up, you know, by at the moon. He's really looking eye level to the moon because he's so tall. And, you know, he's kind of just thinking like he's so sad and alone. And this is when he sees a cricket and the cricket says, um, sometimes when you're different, you just need a different song. And that was so powerful to me because, you know, for a child and this again, we'll start discussions with a child, but it means you're unique in your own way and everybody brings something to the table that makes them special. And instead of chastising someone, we should celebrate it. Now, it's interesting because, um, and I don't know if your experience is different, but my understanding is in most picture books where the there's a different author and a different illustrator that they uh, tend to work independently. That is, the text is written and sent out, and then the illustrator uh, creates their artwork, and usually uh, there's not a lot of collaboration. They have the text, but there's not a lot of sort of uh, back and forth, and so sometimes for the writer of the book, it's a it's a big surprise, hopefully a good surprise, you know, at, at what turns um, out. And I don't know if that's your experience um, as well. And, and I see in this book just how well they seem to mesh um, uh, both the text and the illustrations. Absolutely. I was so fortunate to find very early on in the process a wonderful illustrator named Vanessa Alexandri. And, you know, I had thought that we would go through rounds and rounds of edits and she just nailed it on the first time. And we tweaked little details here and there, but it was like she was in my head. And so for my second book, it wasn't even a question of who I would go with. I knew that, you know, I had to, to work with her again. Now, when I used to teach, I would often use picture books uh, with older students, like middle grade students, to teach about plotting, story arcs, and so on. Do you think a book like uh, this could have some value? Because um, we usually think of picture books as for younger kids, but do you think it might have some value for older kids as well? I do. I think the message is, is so universal. I mean, there's a lot of messages that you can pull out of this book. I, just a quick Google search shows hundreds of lesson plans that range from preschool to fifth or sixth grade. But, you know, I've seen people do the kindness rocks based out of, you know, it's where you take the rocks and you put different paint kindness messages and kind of scatter them throughout. And it's kind of an ode to Gerald kind of showing that we need to be kind to others. And um, there's so many different activities that you could do, but I think, yes, absolutely. I mean, Yes, it's it's a little more skews towards preschool and elementary school, but the lessons are adaptable um, all the way up and through late elementary school age. Are there any particular uh, passages from the book that you'd uh, like to share? Um, there is. Um, it is actually the one I shared earlier, but I'm happy to share it again. Um, as I mentioned, you know, there's this part that's just, you know, you see – for pages and pages, you see these animals having these dancing celebrations, and then you just turn to one page, and the sky is kind of a dark blue, and there's a moon shining, and Gerald just looks sad. And it says, then he found a clearing and looked up at the sky. The moon, the moon can be so beautiful, he whispered with a sigh. And then he sees this little tiny cricket that's literally the size of the speck on his nose. And the cricket says, excuse me, coughed a cricket who'd seen Gerald earlier on, but sometimes when you're different, you just need a different song. And that verse is so meaningful to me. And it started so many conversations with my children about 
you know, celebrating who you are. And it's like kind of the aha moment for Gerald because he realizes, yeah, I'm tall. I have, you know, kind of crooked legs, but there's different things that I can do that no one else can. And that's kind of where he finds his inner confidence. And, you know, without spoiling the book, it has a happy ending because he realizes, you know, that he shouldn't be ashamed and, and sorry about who he is. He should be proud. Well, it, it is kind of neat because I, I find these days that with my son getting older, I, I don't read picture books as, as much anymore. So it's nice to sort of return back to that and realize what's still going on in the picture book world and, and the value they have. Absolutely. And, and I just love this cricket. And it's, you know, like I tell my daughter, I mean, she'll come home sometimes and she'll tell me, you know, this certain student sat all alone at recess. And I, I tell her it is so important in today's world Go and introduce yourself and, and talk to this child. You could be the difference in this child's life. And that's what this cricket is for Gerald. I mean, this cricket not only gives him confidence, but this cricket, just by reaching out, sends a positive message to children that, you know, we need to be kind to everybody. The world is so much different now than it is when I was growing up. And it's just not as, you know, there's bullying is just such a such a problem at such a young age. And so there's so many lessons that can be learned from this, but I think this cricket is just such a, a, a hero in the story for not only telling Gerald, you know, you're special, but for actually acknowledging him when none of the other animals would. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for uh, picking this book. Give me a chance to read it. And thank you for taking the time uh, to talk to me about it today. Thank you so much for having me. And it's definitely, you know, a book I would say, is great for pre. It, you know, you can even read it to babies, but probably the sweet spot is elementary school kids and early preschool kids would love this. You can find Lori's picture book, Being Small Isn't So Bad After All, at mascotbooks.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music, titled All Together, is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art was created through Canva, which can be found at www.canva.com. You can visit me at jleemont.com or follow me on Twitter at DreamGardensJLM. The Dream Gardens podcast is also available through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. And if you'd like to participate in a Dream Gardens podcast, go to the contact page on my website and send me a note telling me who you are and what book you'd like to talk about. And until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading.